0: What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 26 of season five. My name's Jim Icarone, and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith and Boy Wonder Travis Ballinghoff. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. And if you're watching live, make sure to say hello in the comments. And if you have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, please be sure to do so. Uh, if you want to check out our site and maybe buy some merch. While you listen to the show, you can head on over to hwhockey.net or find all of our social media links in one place over at who.be. That's H-O-O dot forward slash H-W hockey. Uh, and yeah, go uh, go follow us on all our socials and go buy some merch, guys. Thank you. Uh, big episode. Uh, as big as you're going to get at this time of year if you're a Flyers fan. Uh, it's playoffs time. Uh, we're, you know, we're starting to do some Prep for the draft, the NHL draft, which is in two months, May, June. What are we, what are we in, April still, guys?
1: Yes, there we are.
0: Yeah, so we got, got about, a, I don't know, a month and a half to the draft. Uh, the lottery's coming up in May. But, uh, yeah, we're starting to do some homework here, and we have uh, who better than to bring on than Russ Cohen of Sportsology to talk prospects. He'll join us uh, just about a half an hour. Uh, but first things first, ladies and gentlemen, who wants to announce the news? Should it be me?
1: Yes. I think it should.
0: <laughs> a Norris Trophy candidate has retired. It's a sad day in Philadelphia, uh, but I, unfortunately, I think his time has come. Mr. Justin Braun has decided to retire. It's official today, because I think we've known this for a little while now, uh, that he was going to retire, but officially announced today, uh, Justin Braun has announced uh, the end of his 13-year career. He spent the last few what is it three years now with the flyers has it been three or four you know i should look this up think four
1: right 1920
2: yeah 21 that
0: was first year Yep. just just gone so fast he's grown up so fast with the flyers uh yeah wow 1920 you're right um you know had some respectable seasons i think by now our listeners know uh how we feel about justin braun uh the guy just did what was asked of him. You know, I think he was uh, respected around the league, respected in the locker room. Uh, this year, though, you, you could clearly see. I think even at the end of last year, you could see that, you know, his time was coming, and it was coming pretty quick because he's not necessarily an old guy. So ah, 36, I guess, is, is up there, but he aged quickly, Well, let's say. Uh, does that sound right? Yes. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. So – yeah, you know, good for Justin Braun. Hell of a career. I mean, played alongside uh, Eric Carlson, I believe, in San Jose for a long time. Classic, uh, right? Who's classic? Classic. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's a lot of good defensemen out
0: there that he, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, Burnsy. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Brent Burns. That's who I'm thinking of. Yep. So I mean, you know, he's played alongside some some good deep hair uh, partners and whatnot. Had a career year in 2017-18. Mm-hmm. 33 points, five goals, 28 assists. Um, you know, known for a stay-at-home defensive guy, Justin Braun, uh, congratulations on. An admirable career. you guys have anything you want to add in for the uh, previously known Norris Trophy candidate?
1: You hit it right on the head. I mean, he was a great shutdown defenseman for a long time. Him and Vlasic were shutting down opposing teams' top lines for many, many years. Wish the Sharks would have beat the Penguins in the cup a couple, couple years ago. Could have got his name on there, get a ring, but... Very, very good career.
2: Class act. What can I say? Uh, unfortunately, never convinced third pairing defensemen is worth the second and the third. But that's a conversation for another day. Bringing, <laughs> him back, bringing him back, however, was the right move. He's like I said, he's a class act. I he does get into cooking or whatnot? That it's right here in Philly.
0: Yeah, there you go. I mean, he seems to like it for for whatever reason. I mean, yeah, could have been that Philly was the only franchise that was going to give him a shot to, you know, wrap up his career that one more year, just to see if I still got it. Maybe I get moved at the deadline or something. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Justin
1: Braun. Thank you for your service. Uh, Enjoy retirement. He deserves a lot of credit. I'm going to say one more thing. He deserves a lot of credit because he's been a slow player for a handful of years now. And usually once you lose that first step, like it can kind of come off the rails pretty quick. But he's just so good defensively and good positionally and all that fun stuff. Like, he was able to play a couple more years than I thought he would.
2: That's for sure. He's the Jamie Moyer of hockey.
0: <laughs> I like that comparison. I was actually a Jamie Moyer fan mm-hmm. I was back in those days. All right, so without any further ado, let's get to the, the, the real juicy stuff here. So NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. We're in the meat of the first round now, guys. I think every series has at least played three games. And, uh, you know, I'll bring up our predictions here in just a second. Uh, but do either of you guys have the 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 tree up, the, the playoff tree up? I'm looking at it here. But if, if one of you guys wants to take the reins and go through the – series picks or or or, you know what the what the scores are through the series but you're my guest uh start us off
1: here while i get it up
2: okay Uh, you got the devils and rangers are playing right now obviously the the rangers took a 2-0 lead devils won the other night devils are leading one nothing right now that was a series where i thought i was going to eat some crow at least the devils are making it interesting uh that series started the more i was like oh geez they you know the devils don't have the experience you know rangers are they're battle hardened. They they could have easily won the couple. Of, you know what was I thinking? Give it another year. At least at least Devils are making something of it. Um, Tampa also playing tonight. Or, I'm sorry, Toronto also playing tonight against Tampa. They're up two to one after they're shellacking. <laughs> I love that. I'm a big Matthews fan, mostly because of fantasy. However, fans of fan. <laughs> um, it, it's so weird. Seven to three loss, 73 win, or very close similar scores. Like you know. And they're leading in the series, but the Tampa's leading 1 nothing in that game right now. Um, I do have Toronto finalized to, that round. I think most of us do, if not all of us. Um, Toronto. Jim's a big Tampa that. guy. Yeah, I keep doing that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I can't blame you. Like, they were good, for, so good for so long. I just want to, you know, get through. The, the, Toronto doesn't bother me like it bothers. There's so many other teams bothering me before Toronto. So. I, w- I would like to see them finally break through. I do think they got dealt a pretty shitty hand having to play Tampa almost every single time in the first round because of the goofy playoffs that is the NHL. Um, Hurricanes and Islanders, I don't know many people. I guess, does anybody pick the Islanders that we know of? I don't think so. Pretty easy one. I mean, yeah, sure, the Islanders, cause not the Islanders of old. I think we all know that. Uh, Hurricanes lead that 3-1. to one. Bruins, Panthers also 3-1. to one. Uh, There was the only good story coming out of there is the old man, you know, making making himself known, I guess, for a little while there. But Bob was in the other night. Um, Golden Knights, Jets, Knights up two to one. I had the Golden Knights. I guess that's good. Uh, Avalanche Kraken was interesting uh, with Kraken winning game one. And then I think they were up like two nothing in game two. And then it's been Colorado ever since. Essentially, Colorado leads two to one. Stars and Wild, that's a fun series. Two to two right now. I picked the Stars. I think most people picked Minnesota. Uh, seemed to be like the favorite to pick of. I don't even want to know if I called it an upset at that point. But uh, that still tied it two. And probably one of the best series right going right now. Oilers and Kings, two to two. Uh, looking like they were in serious trouble. Uh, the other night, uh, was, I think at one point it was 3 nothing, And then they were down again. They raced two to through two deficits. One thing that series is currently out of two. I told, I said it earlier, I still think it's possible. Whoever wins that series is going to go far in the playoffs. I'm hoping it's Edmonton because that would, uh, but yeah, you know, first, the first round never disappoints. I'll give them that. And that's where the most games are played. It's craziness. It's awesome. Playoff high.
0: I would agree. And that's why I, that's why I love the first round because. I feel like after the first round, you don't see as much crazy stuff happen. Like right now, you're seeing all you know guys getting beat up and crazy hits, and guys are getting hurt. Whereas once teams make that second round, you don't see as many fights. I feel like like guys are like, okay, we're two series away from the big one. Like you know, let's kind of do- let's drill down here, and you know, really make a run. Or maybe it's just that the first round takes so much out of you; you just don't have the same you know, desire to, to beat the shit out of somebody, get the shit beat out of you, whatever. <laughs>
2: but, I think that's true for some teams, for example.
0: Yeah, uh, that's why I love the first round, though, because, I mean, you know, look at uh, even, even for example, this is maybe one of the more boring series. I, I'm actually enjoying it, the Dallas and Minnesota series. You know, that hit Felino put on, uh, I think it was Pa. Last night, I mean, that's a controversial thing. All of a sudden, you know, some bad blood gets stirred up. Let's see what happens there. Three games left in that series. Uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Dude, we had Kyle Dubas yelling <laughs> at somebody. Like, come on. I love that, dude. What would you
2: guys yeah, like do that, awesome. that? People are like, really complaining about that. I'm like, I, if that was my GM, I would die. You think Hextall or Fletcher would be doing that? Come on. They'd be stones. <laughs> I mean, they'd be boards up there. I love that, he- He knows it. His job's on the line. Come on, man. Like, of course he's going to be like, like, come on, it's hockey. We forget it was hockey at some point. All these people getting bent out of shape over everything. Blows my mind.
0: I mean, don't you want your general manager to have just as much fire and passion as the team? Like, come on. Like, I I loved seeing that. I mean, well, I mean, so I won't get into that, but words don't necessarily hurt people. I mean, it's just, you know, have fun, do your thing. As long as you're not getting a little nuts. You know, have fun, and that's that's what it looked like to me. It looked like everybody was having fun. Um, any any series so far, guys, that uh, that you've been surprised how it's been playing out, Trav? You want to start that I, off?
1: I can't believe how well the Kraken are playing the Avalanche. I think I picked that to be done in four. I was expecting an Avalanche sweep. I mean, the first period, like, the Kraken are out, like, every game it feels like. Yeah. And... I guess it was the last game, Tanev started blowing kisses to the fans after that goal to put them up to nothing. And that, I don't want to say bulletin board material, but that just like changed the switch, and the Avalanche were like, we're not losing this game. The, the Avs are so fun to watch how quick they are. I'm a big Bowen and Byram and Kale McCarr fan. Um, the Panthers, I feel like, have actually played okay. I kind of thought the Bruins would run them out, of the building. And I know that series is three one, but the Panthers have pl- the first two games. I would say they played pretty, pretty decent, better than I thought they would. Um, so that's where I'd say I'm surprised. Got the Maple Leafs on right now, really pulling hard for them. Um, And lastly, the, the Carolina hurricanes. I mean, what they're doing without three of their top six players is pretty damn impressive.
2: Yeah. And I'll add what you kind of, uh, Jack Hughes did something similar. He wasn't blowing kisses or anything tonight. He just kind of like no celebration. Just stared at the crowd. <laughs> you know, it was like, uh, you know, Rangers crowd. I was like, I don't know what that was about. But um, you are losing in the series. It was the first goal of the game. It wasn't an overtime goal or nothing. I'm curious how that's going to pan out. Definitely curious.
0: The uh, which one was this? The Devils Rangers or the Devils yeah. Rangers tonight
2: that happened? With, he just stared him. He just stared him down. Tanov was uh, cracking Kraken uh, avalanche.
0: Yeah. yeah. So both of these series are, are I got to be honest, more interesting than I thought that they were going to be. I mean, we were talking about how, you know, Rangers devils is, you know, it's, uh, it's cool that they're both playing each other, but uh, you just had, Damn. well, I'll, I'll just speak for myself that I, I thought the, the devils, they were, they're not really a heavy team yet. You know, they're very, very skilled, and they're a good hockey team. But when I see them matched up with the Rangers, I'm like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. Is this going to be a five game series, six game series? Uh, we'll see. But uh, the Avalanche Kraken, I think I expected that to be a quick one, too. And, Trav, you're right. Seattle's playing him tough. Like, they're not giving him anything easy. You know, and uh, Grubauer's not, I don't think he had a good regular season, Grubauer, but he looks pretty good. Right now, doesn't
1: he? Yep.
2: Uh, one of those series. Like, I don't think I picked any sweeps. It's hard to pick a sweep. I don't understand why that would be a sweep, but it's, it's something about cracking. We're playing this season, and it's I feel like a uh, dislike hacksaw that he's going to make it difficult. He's going to gave Kapler this. And like last and linger around as long as possible. And now you see it already. Oh, he was actually really good here when he was the Flyers. So like, here comes the, the ridiculous takes. Like, you know, so I've gotten swept, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. I think I picked most of my series in six and seven. You know, even uh, New Jersey, I had them pulling it off in seven. And it's kind of like what you said before, Jim. Like, are you, is this what you think or is this what you want? And for me, it was like, this is what I want. That was my one series where I'm like, I, I'm hopeful, probably going to bite me in the ass, but. Whatever.
0: See, there's a couple series like that for me. So Tampa and Toronto was one of them. Uh, I kind of, if Toronto won, I wouldn't be mad. Like, while I'm watching these games, I find myself rooting for Toronto, but I pick Tampa Bay. Uh, And what's the other series? Sort of the same thing with New York and New Jersey. I hate, I'll never, ever, ever root for the Rangers, but uh, I pick them. You know, I want New Jersey to win, but I can't stand New York. So, you know, I'm rooting for—I'm rooting against myself in terms of playoff bracket picking. Um,
2: it is tough because for a while I was like updating my New York friends with how their team was doing, and now they're like talking like they're me, and it's like you still don't know you. You know, I bet you if I asked the player you just name dropped, I think because he had an assist or something, I bet you wouldn't know if he played offense or defense. I bet you really wouldn't know. You know, that's what I deal with with New York. And it's just, it's irritating. It's like, yeah. hey, how's this guy? Now it's like, oh, our team's the greatest. I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah, because they all come out of the woodworks and whatever. Oh, all of yeah, a sudden the biggest Ranger fan in the world. The, the t- Typical. T-
2: the, uh, the tags are still hanging off the jerseys they got.
0: <laughs> Can we talk about this for a second? So Ben D commented, McDavid is unstoppable. And I got to say, the Los Angeles Kings are doing a hell of a job specifically against McDavid. They're having a tough time with, you know, it's 2-2, but here's what I want to talk about a little bit. And there's a counter-argument. I'm not going to give it to you guys. I'm going to let you counter, figure it out for yourself. But McDavid, best player in the world, all but being shut down right now by the Los Angeles Kings. Right? I think he's got one point or two points. Uh, At least, I think it's one even strength point, which... You know, points are points, so if you get them on the power play, that's fine. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting, though. The the guys that scored the biggest goals for them, they traded for. Or I think Hyman was a free agent. Evander Kane was a trade, or was he a signing? It
2: was a trade, but they re-signed
0: him. Okay. Scored that huge, huge, not talked about enough, third-period goal with three minutes left. I mean, the, the Oilers are down 3-1 to one and are likely looking at, you know – I think they were talking about during the game yesterday that after this game four, they have three days off before their next game, which is unheard of. Los Angeles was going to give them everything they had in that game to eliminate them. Right. Because they had three days to relax, to, to rest. So Evander Kane scores that massive goal to send it into overtime. Doesn't get the credit he deserves in my opinion. Right. Cause let's face it. He's not a great dude. Yada, yada, hell of a goal. And Zach Hyman, who seems to do this? At least in my mind, anytime they need a big goal, he scores it. You know,
2: so He's that i' that kind just, of player, man. He's like that, their criter or something. Like, yeah, he just, that's a good comparison. I, I had him in fantasy, you know, and he did a lot better than I thought he was going to do because he just seemed like a guy who played with a lot of talent. in Toronto signs a big deal elsewhere, and he wasn't going to be worth it. That is not the case at all.
0: So, what are you guys seeing with McDavid? Because because Ben has McDavid's unstoppable here but from what i've seen Los Angeles is doing an outstanding job containing McDavid in my opinion
1: I, I still think yeah, he's I a point for oh, bad. I yeah, actually he, texted last night like when they were down 3 nothing like is, is McDavid going to do something or or what he, i mean he's he, being he, invisible man yeah, and he, but, but he
2: had 3 assists after, prob- after probably right yep. when you said that, like after that. And I think he's only – he might have had one more assist. I know he had a goal the other – but you're right. Like the first game or two, I think he was held off the score sheet. Um, You know, Dreisaitl still – he's like – he leads in points for the playoffs with nine, and he's tied in goals with five. So, you know, a lot of that has to do with McDavid, whether they're over-focusing on him and it's leaving others open potentially because that's his line, mate. Eh? Like, it's, you know, power play whatnot. Like it's not like the other lower lines are getting it done. It's not like Yamamoto's like, you know, lighting it up or something. Pick your player, you know, no, It's that's the top guys are still getting it done. And I, I think you do I expect him to be, you know, getting like three point nights here and there, like every game, four point nights, more goals. Yeah. Um, maybe he just took a little bit to get going. It's a really tough series. These guys played before. So, you know, there's some bad blood there. Um, if he does get this night, maybe, uh, the series doesn't go the way we think it has or it has started to this way. Maybe they finally do start to pull away. It's hard to say. Um, there's definitely something for the first two games, but I think he's starting to come out of it a little bit. Um, but this talent and skill is still there. They're just over, like they're we heavily focusing on him. I believe that's leaving others to, uh, they just, they can't close out games. Like they've had leads before that, Oilers either brought a close. I think all the Oilers' losses were in overtime as well. These are really tight, tight, close games. uh, They've blown leads. So, I mean, how much of that is they're over-focusing on one guy versus they're not closing, worrying about their own? It's really tough. There's a lot going on in this series. Uh, And if if McDavid really gets going, I think it could end in the next two.
1: Yeah, I I actually do think he's going to get going here. I kind of think we're already in the process of seeing that first two games he didn't look great third game scored a couple nice goals and then last night started started slow for that whole team but they went on a tear including himself so i i I think we're gonna get vintage mcdavid the rest of the series but you got to give credit to the kings i mean they might be like the best defensive team in the league with how easy they defend and you got kopitar and down the middle like it it's going to be hard to score against that team that's for sure
2: and I, I, of course, of course, I have to mention Bouchard. He's been very good. <laughs> yeah, Bouchard's he's,
1: nice.
0: He's very good. He's got all right, all an, right absolute, an absolute. Yeah, what, what happened? <laughs> that comment.
2: comment. <laughs> he's right though. He's right. I remember when he was drafted. I was a, I was a uh, Bouchard fan. So yes,
0: <laughs> do you have corn cobs in your eye socket to mention I've never Bouchard.
2: I love
0: it. Well, I mean, he's right. He's right. Because uh, he adds a whole – I mean, he made Tyson Barry expendable, right? Uh, this oh, yeah. is, their power play is – it was the, the – it's the most uh, – help me out. It's the most feared power play ever in the history of the <laughs> NHL, right? Like, it had the highest percentage this year. It was like 33% or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think in large part to Bouchard. So, Andrew – Thank you for clearing the corn cobs from our eyes. You are correct. And yes, we should have mentioned Bouchard. So thank you for that. This is why it's great to have people chiming in and reminding us who we're forgetting here. So uh, yeah, I mean, this is another example uh, of, you know, I picked Edmonton, but I'm rooting for Los Angeles when I'm watching these games, you know, so uh, there's a, I feel like there's a bunch of series like this. Let's let's talk more about uh, you guys talked about Toronto Tampa already i
2: just like this
1: game this game toronto looks terrible they looked wow. pretty bad last game too they got lucky to get out of there with a win this they look in awful Tampa, in that right? first period uh this yeah this the, yep
0: interesting interesting i i thought what what was the score of that last game was it like a it was an overtime game right was it ot mm-hmm. yes so interesting because they were great. getting kind of beat up for most of that game i think they were out shot by like 13 15 shots something like that um I don't know. They, they didn't look very convincing to me. I feel like, which they didn't really need to be. All you got to do is sneak out a win uh, in Tampa and, and go back home to Toronto. Um,
1: I don't their, know. They... Their, their four forecheck looks terrible. Yeah, they're having trouble breaking pucks out of their zone, and it's like what when they do. I mean, they're coming down the ice, getting one shot, low percentage chance, and then Tampa's going the other way. They're having a real tough time. That's
0: unfortunate.
1: Uh, What do you think it is with them? I mean, they don't – Tampa just has better depth, you think? Um, I'd say for Toronto's defense, I mean, Riley's really like the only puck mover they have back there. Um, I don't know. I don't hate the Leafs' depth.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's goaltendings, you know – definitely heavily in favor of Tampa. Yes. Uh, they always come up with these players like these Russ Coltons and Radish. And, you know, they always are – they're not as great as they were, obviously, where they lost an entire line worth of good players. But, like, you know, they always have these guys they can fill in. And to be honest, Victor Hedman is, like, the, one of the best defensemen I've seen since, like, Lidstrom. You know, mm-hmm. like, he, he's, I, I, it'd be hard-pressed to find somebody you put up there, like, better than him. You know, I just – that and Stamkos is still out there with the Kucherov, and you know they, they're just in point. Like they, they still got their stack guys who have gone won cups, been through long playoff series. Where Toronto's still trying to get get it going. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly was a good pickup for them, though. So I mean, I'm hoping that you know they might drop tonight's game, but I'm hoping if they do power through, um, you know that could be the difference. So it will, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tough.
0: So we had a question from Andrew here. Are you guys in favor of the wild or the stars? And I showed the Eastern Conference banner. So let me get to the Western <laughs> Conference one. Uh, there you go. So I think we all had the same. We're all in favor of the stars for this series here. And uh, that's two to two as well, right? Yes. That, I, that's actually one of my favorite. I, the, the entire playoffs, I think, have been great. Each series has, there's, there's no stinkers. Star's Wild, maybe you could argue is a little bit more mild than some of these other ones. But it's uh it's it's like watch, it's like the Cold War, you know, there's like really nothing really going on. All of a sudden it's two to one, three to two, which was kind of the case last night. And stars were able to tie that one up there. Um well the weird thing is like
2: it felt like after uh Pavelski got plastered, like you know. Dallas came back and, you know, they won the game. And then it looked like they were like, okay, that's all we have left. But then they they tie the series up. Like, I, I don't know which team I'm going to see out of Dallas. And I look at guys like Jason Robertson and whatnot. Like, I I like Dallas better. And, and Ottinger. Jake Ottinger. like, I like that team better. I, they're the higher seed. I felt Minnesota was everybody's favorite to upset because um, they're obviously a lot closer. But I just – I. I think Dallas will win that series. And the way it's gone, I don't know what t- which Dallas team I'm going to get. The series is tied at two. The first game was like a double overtime game, the loss. And then they come out and smoke them seven to three. To the stars beat the wild. Um, and then the wild turn around and win five to one. Like just these scores are out of control. Like how does it Tampa and Toronto, same deal. Seven to three, then seven to two. Like I've never se- I don't remember seeing anything like that before.
0: I was expecting the stars to come out and look more like they did against Calgary last playoffs and they don't really they don't really look the same uh, as last year they were very tough to play against ottinger of course uh should have won them that i think it was a game seven correct uh last year when ottinger had like 40 some odd saves and ended up losing still mm-hmm. um yeah I, I was expecting him to have a monster playoffs and he's playing good but i was expecting him to play like he did last year whereas i wasn't really expecting much out of Minnesota. To, to tell you the truth, I underrated them a little bit. I think, you know, did you guys do that too when you picked your when you picked the stars?
1: Probably a little bit. I'm I'm still not very high on the Wild. Um, you do have to mention the injury to Pavelski really hurts the Stars, but you also got to give credit to Tyler Sagan. He's been awesome, and this is a guy who maybe like a year ago, I thought, you know, he he was on the decline for sure, but. How many times he's had a really good series in? as well?
2: How many times the GM called him out too? Like yeah. him and um, jeez, oh, what's his name? But like ben. he's been under the bus even in going back to his time in Boston as a young kid. So it's like he's another one. Like and it says right in the chat there. Like will he be consistent? I don't. I just goes with the Dallas. I have no idea. But when mm-hmm. I look at them on paper, they're more impressive to me than than the than the Wild. And I say that obviously, but Capri's off playing for the Wild, but. I just feel like they're they have more talent all around, including in net. And but it, I I was surprised all three of us picked the stars because I was seeing a lot of people take Minnesota in that first round. The series has gone that way. It's tied. It's close. Each team's got a blowout win. Each team's got a very close win.
0: Yeah, we just uh, great minds think alike, especially when it came to especially when it came to our picks. I think we only had like two series where uh, where we uh, picked opposite teams. So it's kind of funny, actually. Um and, you know, every, every series has been even. It's all you could flip a coin, you know, with all these series. And I think that's what's most fun about the first round is you just never know how things are going to go. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, before we go any further, it is just about 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And our special guest is backstage. We're going to bring him uh, in right now. The great Mr. Russ Cohen of Sportsology. Russ, thanks for hanging out. How are you?
3: Good, James. How
0: are you? Doing great. Thanks for taking the time. We're really looking forward to talking some prospects with you. Yeah,
3: yeah. Anytime. Love it.
0: So obviously we don't know how or where the Flyers are going to draft yet. The lottery has yet to commence, but we're going to assume that it's going to be somewhere in the top 10. And, uh, you know, obviously you're doing great things, uh, Everywhere. I mean, where can't you find you these days? (laughs) Um, But I've been watching a lot of your uh, Elite prospect stuff here, Uh, the the meetings. I think you guys are doing the monthly meetings. And um, if you guys haven't seen this stuff, it's on YouTube, Elite Prospects 2023 NHL draft meetings. They just had one in March. Are you guys going to do another one of those before? uh, Yeah, another one's
3: coming. um, I think like after the under 18s and probably after the playoffs are over, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I can't get enough. I think I'm watching the second one. I'm watching this for the second time here. It's about two and a half hours long, perfect to put on. You know, while you're working, put it on in the background. I yep. learn a lot from you guys. It's it's really great content. It is. Um, but yeah, let's. I have your Sportsology.com site up right here. Your 2023 NHL Draft Top 45 Version 3.0. And before we get started here, these are your rankings, not a mock draft,
3: correct? Yeah, it's important to say just because. Uh, I'll only do one mock draft a year. I'll do it for, um, full press cover, full press hockey. Uh, they'll get my one. I don't love doing them. They know that. So that's why I do one. Uh, because a lot of times, you know, one trade one, a lot of things can go out of, out of whack with it pretty quick. It's kind of like those NCAA brackets on the first weekend, you know? Yeah. So same thing. I like rankings because, uh, everything takes like three to five years for it to shake out and my rankings are, they always stay up. So like those rankings are up there. Stuff that I did on hockey prospect radio is still in perpetuity. So you could always find my rankings. Like it doesn't matter if I've done great, I've done horrible. I always leave them up there and I kind of look at them every three because I want to see how I do, you know? And so I I always kind of judge myself. Um, So I'm, I'm my harshest critic when it comes to that.
0: Well, I know we certainly follow you, and I don't want to speak for Jack here, but I know Jack's followed you long before. Jack should
3: follow me, but if he doesn't, that's his. That's you know, that's on me. <laughs> I built my fantasy team around your picks. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. Um, but okay, let's get into your top ten here, Russ.
3: Let me, let me move my cat out. Sorry. Oh
0: yeah, sure. Special guest. No, no worries. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into this uh, to Russ's top ten because the guy that I like most. Russ has a 10 here. Where do you guys actually want to start with Russ? Do you want to start at one with Conor Bedard? We kind of already know. Or do you want to start out with 10 and work our way down? We'll do five this episode and, and I five. I
3: could find her and then she found me. So. <laughs> there you go.
0: So where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start at, at the back with 10 or do you want to start at, at the front? We'll, we'll do five this episode, Russ, and maybe talk five yeah. more uh, next week if that's Fine. okay with you. Uh, so where, where would you like to start? Would you rather start one or 10?
3: Uh, we can go with ten. I mean, a sure. guy like Ryan Leonard, I think I've seen him five, six times live this year. Really good player. Uh, strong. Wins corner battles. It's like five ten, but he's kind of ripped like a uh, Jack Eichel was back in his, when he's. You know, he's not the same height or anything, but very muscular, very uh, in shape, strong. Going to get stronger. Takes corner battles personally. That's something that he told me he um he's he scores goals he knows how to get to the net but he also plays a good all-around game he can play either side of the wing which i think is important because a lot of times teams if they get a guy and he's versatile he may you know start off at one spot because they have a need and then end up switching over it's a valuable thing to have matt coronado is another guy like who's drafted a couple of years ago that's on calgary now he would play both wings. It's, it, it's, it's not as common as you think. So when guys tell me that I make sure I highlight it because uh, it's a nice thing that the clubs like, but he could score, he could skate. He plays a two way game. He's a smart player with the NTDP. Anybody'd be happy to get him. Anybody.
0: So people have been kind of calling me crazy the last couple of weeks. Cause I've been trying to brush up on my prospect stuff here. And, You know, when I watch some of the clips or even, you know, some of the games that Ryan Leonard plays and I'm like, this is a guy that I would like to have on the flyers, Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously the first thing that crops up is what are you not That's another right winger, right? But watching him, he doesn't always, he doesn't always play the right wing. Sometimes it looks like he's playing the center position. And obviously, you know, like you said, he could play on the left side. Would it be crazy to want the flyers to draft him, you know, wherever they may end up picking?
3: No, it wouldn't be crazy. I I think – here, here, I mean, here's something that happens with fans. So they read a lot of different pundits. They look at a lot of different lists. They decide based on these lists what they like and where a guy should be. But that really shouldn't matter in the grand scheme of it. What should matter in the grand scheme of it is how would he fit in with the team? Right. I'm going to say still how would he fit in with the coach because I think the coach might still be there when he makes it to the NHL because he's an exceptional player. Uh, so how would he fit in with that coach eventually? How, you know, what kind of team need is there? Is he one of the best players on the board? If you've got mostly yeses to those answers, then then he's a player you have to consider there. And that's why you have, you know, four or five people speaking at a table at once because they say, okay, you know, this pick is coming up. And I, I know, I mean, I I do pre and post for, uh, for Syria. So like last year we sat, we were right across from, the Flyers table and the Kraken. So as an example, when Shane Wright wasn't picked, I saw them going into uh, extreme discussion mode to decide what they were going to do with that fourth pick because they weren't expecting Shane Wright to be there. And that's the kind of things that you have to be ready for at the table if something like falls in your lap. So, you know, fans are always like, well, take the guy who falls, but you don't always want to take the guy who falls. Like sometimes the right guy is the right guy. Don't worry about the number so much. Worry about if it's the right guy.
2: You know, Russ, well, since we're on the on the topic a little bit, I just wanted to ask, do fans, it, particularly when you're drafting top five, top 10, even top 15, do they put a little too much stock into what position a player plays? How much is best player available versus need when these guys could be like five years away?
3: Right. Usually um, they're not
2: that soon in the draft. It's usually faster, but still.
3: No, no, but, but on average, you're right. Uh, here, here's the way you have to look at it. If it's a center, or if it's someone that you think can play uh, top pairing, those are, are really sought after positions. Now, again, if a guy plays center, if he's a top line center, well, I'm going to give him really high priority. You know, if he's a third line center, well, you know, doesn't mean as much to me. But if someone's a top pairing defenseman, that's one of the top positions I'm looking for. So. I'm still going to try and take the best player available. But let's face it, in the cap world, sometimes teams, teams take out of need. And we've seen the Flyers pick out of need more than a few times already. So I, I don't know what they'll do this year because they have a little bit of different direction, even though Brent's still the same guy there with Danny making the final choice if he's the guy who does it. Uh, and it seems like he'll be. Uh, you know, that could change. But it really depends on who's on the board. Like I'm a big who's on the board guy. I have to know who is there and what are my choices. And you know, my famous, you know, for the Flyers choices, you know, Cole Caulfield was on the board more than once and they didn't take him. And that that to me was just crazy. Like I just didn't understand it. We'll never understand it. But that's the thing. I always want to look at who's on the board.
2: And going back to last year, I, I know that, you know, they took Carter Gautier over Jarek. And I thought that's who they were, and they kind of surprised me with cutter and i know how you feel about it as well and i kind of agree. i mean ultimately time will tell but I, you know you talk about franchise defensemen you know and also this talent as well like that's why i'm not sure you know where people why they especially that high i was top five like when you look at need there based on who's on the board you got somebody right there out of just i feel like you can never have enough defensemen.
3: no like, you can't and, and i'm not sure the flyers have learned that yet to be honest but the the thing is I, I love Cutter Gauche. It's just one of these things where if you can get a guy like Juracek, he's just a unicorn. And you can see he already ripped through the AHL this year. He played at the end of the season in the NHL, probably starts the NHL next year. He's gonna be a top pairing guy eventually. That kind of guy, he could, you know, he can cover half the ice for you for a lot, a lot of the game. I mean, Gauche just can't do that just based on his position. So now the, the gamble they took is that Gauthier will be a center like that. So, but again, if cutter Gauthier turns out to be a second line center and David your a top pairing defenseman, you know, you still got a really good player, but you maybe should have taken the other guy based on the way that shook out. Um, I tell you, Gauthier had a really good year. He was over 50% on faceoffs, but he wasn't dominant. Like Danny Briere said, he was dominant at the end, you know, at the, at the last uh, media session, Adam Fantilli was dominant. Go look at his numbers. Those are dominant numbers. Gauthiers were really good. Don't get me wrong. For a freshman, they were terrific, but Fantilli not only a freshman, but he's younger than Goche. Mm. So to me, that's true dominance. And I guess just I'm nitpicking at the word, but I'm just trying to show um, differences between like good and great. Goche was really good. Fantilli was great. Um, Fantilli's on a little higher arc, right? So you could just see that. We don't know about these two. Like you said, time will tell on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you brought up Cole Caulfield. It's well-documented how I felt about that draft, huh, Jim?
0: <laughs> I wish I, I got to put the video up here so I can show you the video one day, Ross. Next week I'll have the video of Jack yeah, totally. I'd just love to see it. melting into the floor. I've never seen someone melt into the floor like that in my life. Just total dejection. Like you couldn't believe it. I don't think anybody could but Jack's reaction was the best. Like you said, Rust, not once, but twice.
3: <laughs> That's the kicker of it. Like you do it once you say, "All right, I guess it's a situation where they didn't love him, but then they had a chance to do it again after trading down. It's like, how do you not do that?"
2: And then he goes the very next pick.
3: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Um okay. So let's move along oh. here. So at number at number 9 on your list here, uh which I got to be honest with all the names that are kind of flying around Ryan Leonard, Oliver Moore, Dvorsky, uh, Benson. I think a guy that a lot of people leave out in the conversation is who you have at number nine in Quentin Musty.
3: Yeah. Well, one reason is he's in Sudbury, and, you know, Sudbury's not like the media capital of the world. A lot of guys who go to who scout there scout at the beginning of the year and maybe at the end of the year. They don't go when it's like three feet of snow there. And Quentin told me, I interviewed him for Elite Prospects, and he told me, yeah, it's, it's even colder than Buffalo. He said, Buffalo is nothing like this. They wouldn't even, there was a point in the season this year where they wouldn't let people out on the streets because it was like minus 30. Oh my God. Fahrenheit. It's minus 30 Celsius, I think. Well, no, no, I think he said Fahrenheit because he, he, he's still an American, so I think he did translate it. But minus 30. Couldn't go out. You're not allowed to walk the streets. So he doesn't get the media attention that I think. Um, he deserves right now and i did have him uh probably around 12 or 13 on my last sheet but the problem is as i compress the sheet and the talent compresses um i'm not going to get to see him anymore this year some of these other guys i am with the under 18 so i do try and take into re you know count recency bias and stuff and i try and look at you know what i've written about a guy the whole year and the thing about musty what kept coming up was not only is he a power forward, but he's a different kind of power forward. And, and so basically I think he's going to sort of set a new trend for power forwards because he's a power forward that can still get behind you with speed, get behind a team defense with speed. He, you know, he'll know, he take a stretch pass and go and get on a two-on-one. Like That's something you don't see a lot of power forwards do. A lot of them uh, are really good. They're, they've got their 10-foot, 12-foot area around the net that they're good at. Um, but maybe don't play this overall game or even try and do a track meet. His speed's really good. His two-way game is excellent. Really good one-timer, but a better wrist shot. And he just says, I just, there's not enough opportunities in today's game where it's tight to do a one-timer unless it's on the power play. So he, he likes that hard wrist shot. He does it. He's a big kid. He's going to be well over 200 pounds. He's not right now because he um, he's got a, Put weight on so you got to wait for him to do that because when he's you know going to be like 200 pounds or whatever uh he's going to be a lot to deal with so he's the kind of guy that every team would want not just the flyers but every team because he's got a definite second line trajectory and maybe a first line depending on uh, how much the hands develop and just the strength because if all of a sudden the strength does that, and he's the physical game's going, plus he's a, a risk speed-wise, that's really good. You know, something I had gotten on the Flyers for early this year was, and really during Chuck's tenure, uh, even as early as a couple of years ago, he said we wanted to get bigger and hard to play against. Okay, getting bigger and harder to play against are great things, but you still need to be faster and you still need to score at some point. They weren't that. They were just bigger and hard to play against. Yeah, This guy's bigger, hard to play against, fast, and could score. That's what you really want in today's game, not the other thing. Because the other thing, you see there's just too many limitations. You could have a couple guys like that, fine. So, at any rate, I like them. Uh, As you heard Danny Breyer say, left wing's kind of weak at the NHL level. I think it's not great in their system, depending on who ends up as a left winger. So he's a guy, he's from Buffalo. So I think what's going to happen with him is he's going to get a considerable amount of uh, press coverage when we're all at the combine at the combine in Buffalo. That's his home rink. He has played in that rink more than anybody. So like, he's going to talk about that place, that area. He's going to be a physical guy on the floor. As far as exercising, he's going to show off his wares. He thinks he's going to do well with that. And if he does, he's going to maybe get that extra push at the end there. And so we'll see, but he's been training for the uh, combine. He told me that,
0: you know, as you're talking about Quentin Musty here, I'm looking at the top 10 and is, is it fair to say, I mean, I'm even going to scroll down to 13, 14, 15, even to pick 20 in your rankings here. Is it fair to say that this draft is absolutely loaded with talent? And yeah, you could pick back as far as 20 and get yeah. a really, really, I, even I'm looking at Jaden Perron at, at 24 here. I mean, you could get a really good player. It's not just, don't get me wrong. Cause Connor Bedard's in a class of his own. Sure. Then you have Fantilli, Carl's. I mean, there's a reason why these are the top four names mentioned, but you can get a really good player, you know, mid first round in this draft, especially yeah, no, late in the top no 10. Question.
3: Like, you know, Gavin Brindley at 21, even if he goes a little higher, um, Hell of a talent. I mean, people could have watched him in Lehigh a few weeks ago like I did. Uh, hell of a talent. I've seen him, you know, midseason, end of the season, pressure situations, all kind of situations. Yeah, I would love to have that guy on my team. And I think he, you know, his his arc is potential second line. So if you could get that that late in a draft, yeah, you're doing great. Now, what we don't know about this draft is after the second round, how it will do compared to like 03. Because that's where 03 cleaned up. You know, even Justin Braun was in 03, right? Like, I don't, you know, so there was crazy guys. Um, Kevin Klein was a guy who um, was on the Rangers, and I interviewed him once. I was at a book signing with him when I did a Ranger book, and and he was like, you know, I was in the 03 draft. I'm like, oh, yeah, you were. And, like, he was deep in the, you know, he was like sixth round or something like that. And so we'll see how this, this one does compared to that one. But the 03 draft was also in in carolina so uh, i nashville so it'll be interesting to see uh if it if it strikes again but it first rounds definitely super deep
0: that's that's funny that guys kind of take pride in that you know oh, later yeah. on oh, it was a part of this draft you know that was one of the best drafts know of all it's time.
3: Like he, he has been talked about as kind of like a legendary draft right so
0: yeah that's cool very cool all right number eight so this guy's kind of picked up some steam amongst flyers fans and i'll credit uh, Dan Silver for that, kind of talking him up the last couple of weeks. Uh, but Oliver Moore, and mm-hmm. everything that you watch from him is like, he's everything the Flyers kind of need right now. And Oliver Moore is the speed, uh, not selfish with the puck, right? I, I think you no. guys said he gets his teammates involved. And, hey, that's great when you have a couple guys that can put the puck in the net. I'm thinking Owen Tippett, Tyson Forrester when he's here, Travis Konechny. A guy like Oliver Moore might fit right in. What do you think about Oliver Moore?
3: Yeah, I really like him. I think he can be a center. You know, remember again, when it gets to draft time, a lot of players and agents push guys as centers even if they're not playing it that season. They played center. It's it's a sexy thing to tell a team you could be a center and they'll determine whether they think you can be or not, right? But at the end of the day like, you know, Travis Konechny was listed as a center in his draft and I kind of knew he would never play center, right? Yeah. So, but I think More can cuz More is good on faceoffs already. Uh, He is good middle of the ice, really good puck distributor, very good vision, uh, terrific shot, elite speed. I, you know, I, I, a lot of times I will do the anonymous scout um, quote in like an article. And, you know, one scout just said, yeah, maybe the best, best, fastest skater in the draft. And while I'm not ready to make that proclamation yet, uh, maybe close to a draft that would e- everything else checks out and i've seen him in a bunch of different situations and he's always come through and he's cool as a cucumber so yeah would he be a great pick he absolutely would be a great pick there's no question about it um if they go ninth is he going to be there probably not yeah
0: yeah that would be uh That's just the
3: reality yeah mm-hmm. like once we hit oliver moore you know, when you're talking about if you're at nine, ten, or eleven, which they could be, you know, you're not getting all of them more. You're just not. So let
0: me ask you this question: They're Obviously, not. you have the four, which are in another class. Let's say.
3: Well, uh, see, the one is in another class, and then two, three, and four are in their own class. After that.
0: Okay. Yeah, Certainly, I would. I would agree. Uh, where's the next dip in talent? Like, is it Benson?
3: Uh, yeah, I think there's a dip after Benson and Smith. I think those two guys are just not quite uh, at the Fantilli, Carlson, Mitchkov level, but they're ahead of everybody else. Okay. And, and they're ahead of everybody else because, you know, and, and we'll get to, we'll get, well, I'll get to why when we get there, but, but they're ahead of everybody else in my eyes. Okay. Sure. And I don't think that's going to change. All right, interesting. So I'm we'll get there. We're about the top six at this point. I doubt it's going to change.
0: I, I think rightly so. Um, so at seven, this guy had a a huge, a huge day today uh, in today's U eighteen tournament. Dalibor Divorski not yeah, just I a hat watching, trick.
3: Because yeah, I just came back from. Victory. Oh, sorry,
0: I don't want to ruin anything. No, for no, no it. It. it's fine. It's, <laughs>
3: on, it's, on my, it's on my DVR, and it's all good. I I was already getting called an idiot for having him at seven before this tournament. So I must be a real big idiot now.
0: Wow. <laughs> so uh, seven is, I got to say, it's, I mean, I thought it was the perfect spot for him because I've seen him go as People late have, as, you know. Did that a
3: week ago, you, you go look at my timeline. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So talk about Dvorsky a little bit. He seems like an yeah, interesting so prospect he's, here.
3: He's an interesting one. Um, he's one that I'm not sure the Flyers would have the guts to take. And the reason I say the guts is because um, while they did have a little bit of risk, with Gauthier, if he turned into a center, the rest of Gauthier is not a risk. I mean, he's a guaranteed NHLer. Dvorsky is the kind of guy where you know he's going to play in the NHL. What you don't know is, will the offense match um, everything else that he can do? Because he could be a, a physical guy. He's definitely a good center. He, I like his defensive game. Now, again, I had some guy from AIK um, taking umbrage with me because someone asked who are the two best defensive prospects in the draft, and I said he's one of them. And they were like, how could you say that? I watch them all the time. What row do you sit in? And I'm like, dude, this is the 21st century. I've got um, Instat, which has every game, all, you know, I, I get all kinds of shifts. I get all these situational videos. Plus, I've watched them in tournament play, you know, and I've seen them. Uh, actually, I didn't see him live this year. I didn't, but I've seen him in a lot of tournament play. And so you look at him, and I say, the problem is you are looking at him playing up in age, and being super critical of this guy. And I'm telling you, in his age group, he's really good defensively, and he's ahead of everybody physically. And that's usually, and if you watch him today, and he did well, yeah. you could probably just, you know, shake your head and tell me if that was part of his game, because it usually is. Plus, he's got a great shot, which again, maybe didn't translate as much in, in AIK, because he's playing up in age, that's him to play more of a, a well-rounded game, and he's trying to sort of, you know, find his footing when he plays an international play, you know, he's always the best player on his team and is not usually on a great team. So he's got to struggle more to find his, his openings. And he still, and he still finds them.
0: Yeah. I think you're gonna, I think you're going to like tonight's game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He had a,
3: he had himself a,
0: a game and perfect timing, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm sure we'll be talking about tonight's game next week uh, about uh, Dalibor Dvorski. I just love the name. You know, you ever come across a draft and you're just like, man, that's a guy. He's going to make it in the NHL just because of the name. Dalibor- well, I like-
3: thought that there was a guy that um, I'm pretty sure Carolina drafted and Michael Jordan didn't happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you had the battle of the Sebastian Ahos. They did make it. There you go. So that's good. So yeah, every once in a while, though, you find some names and you're like, yeah, that's that's a, that's a great name. Um, there was a referee. There's a few coming. coming. Um, Ozzy Wiesblatt, I really hope, makes it. I think Ozzy's great. That yep. would be an awesome thing. So we'll see if Ozzy can make it. He's a, a really good player.
0: Did he go to Carolina as well? I don't remember where he went. Where did Ozzy go? He
3: maybe Was it Nashville? Seattle, maybe?
0: It sounds like a Seattle name.
3: Let's see. I'd like to say I can remember everybody. Uh, San Jose, that's right. He's a okay. First. Yeah, thirty-first overall, really good pick. He, um, his his mom is deaf, so there's a whole family dynamic that I wrote about there, which is impressive. Oh, wow. uh, Forty-one points in forty-three games this year, ten goals, thirty-one assists. He's a, he's a decent player. I think he is going to make it.
0: Ozzie, there you go. Yeah, that's a pretty good first year. Um, all right. So speaking of you know popular. You know, names here, celebrity names. You have at number six, Will Smith. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is the highest that I've seen him ranked, and rightly so. Can you talk about why you have Will Smith at six here?
3: Yeah. So it's easy to knock guys in drafts and point out their faults, right? Sure. Like, and I think what happens is over the course of a season, people talk themselves out of certain players, whether they do rankings or whether they just decide who they want their team to draft. Hmm. So like if somebody reads that, Hey, we're not sure about Will Smith's defense, or we don't think his defense is great on two different sites that may color someone's opinion. Right. I don't have a problem with Will Smith's defense. I'm not telling you it's great, but I'm telling you it's not a detriment either. I, I have seen him cover for it. And actually he made it a point to play a super solid defensive game at the All-American Prospects game when there's like a hundred scouts there. That was the best defensive game I'd seen him play. And you could say it's an all-star game, but that game had a lot of hitting too. So that was something that told me, okay, he may have had some defensive gaffes early in the season, like guys will, but he cleaned it up. And that's not the part of the game that you need to worry about Will Smith. Will Smith that's his the puck when it's on his stick. It could be magic. And he's got really good speed. Now, he is a guy that's very much like Panarin where, you know, for a period, period and a half, you're like, man, where's Will Smith? I don't don't really see him out there. And, you know, when the puck's touching him and he's making plays, but it's not like it's not going in. It's not going in. But he's a guy that never gives up, and he's a guy that's always pushing, pushing, pushing. Then all of a sudden, you know, you see like a goal and two assists in a period. Or a big goal, a go-ahead goal, or those kinds of things, and all of a sudden the momentum's rolling for this guy, and now the other team doesn't know what to do with Will Smith. That's what he does, and he did that in at least four out of the five viewings I had of him this year, and and I've that's just live. I've seen him in other situations, too. I know he had a big game the other night, but it's a prelim. So me, I'm like, I don't even care. what They have 12 goals, Team USA, in a prelim, like, okay. fine, whatever. That's like a warm-up. But as far as Will Smith goes, it's good for him because I, I think he still needs, for whatever reason, not for me, to prove to other people that he can be an elite player. And, and I think he's there. Uh, I do think he could be a top line center. And I think once you get to five, you have to decide whether you want Smith or Benson. I think that's, your, that's a tough decision because they're both centers. Smith's a little bigger. He's, he's kind of lean right now, but I think he can put on a little more muscle. Um, Benson's actually you know, pretty well put together for his size, very feisty, maybe the smartest player in the draft. And, and Benson's kind of like a field general out there. He's a great two-way player. Uh, he, um, he doesn't do a lot wrong, and he does a lot right. And, and a lot of it happens at five-on-five. Five. It's not all power play. Same with Smith. A lot happens for Smith five-on-five. And those kinds of things have, there's, you know, an advantage to that and an emphasis, I think, on that. So you look at those two and you're like, wow, that's, to me, that's a tough decision. Yeah. That's a really tough decision. So
0: if the Flyers are drafting seventh and Will Smith is there, is he your guy?
3: Yeah. Yeah. No question. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that would change it is, is it Smith or Benson there? Because then I still might take Benson. Okay. But that's it. I mean, at that point, that's my decision, and I never look back, like I'm fine. I'm, I go into the media session, have to answer you know to jerks like me. Uh,
0: <laughs> furthest what, thing from a jerk, <laughs> by the way,
3: what I think about him, but I would be fine. I would make that pick every time. But so you, yeah, I mean probably, yeah. I, I'm talking to people, and nobody thinks right now he's going to be around after six.
2: Yeah, I think that was going to be my question. Is this uh, negative talk on him more of a fan thing and scouts and teams? I are,
3: think it's, no. it's a fan thing, and I think it's with some other pundits, but I don't think it's with scouts.
0: Hmm. Is uh, So Columbus GM, I, I got to make sure. Let me just yeah, make I'll sure. In, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if he said it himself. But there was I was reading an Adam Port's tweet or, or I didn't end up reading his article, but in the article he had mentioned that I believe Columbus would consider taking will Smith far as far up as four. Do you see that as a possibility well, I, think I mean with
3: Yarmo he's proved that i mean he, yeah. you know he, he's he takes players where he takes players, and the one thing i I like about Yarmo is if will smith is his guy then will smith's his guy and it doesn't matter where he takes him at that point you know yeah. pierre Dubois was his guy and he was right about him he turned him into a center he's a really good center so to me if i'm drafting for a team even if i have a guy differently on a board if this is my guy that's the guy i'm pushing for i don't care what spot he's in and the best example i can give you is there was a a, a scout named uh, Christer Rockstrom and he was with the Rangers. And from the first round to the seventh round, he was pushing for Henrik Lundqvist. So he wasn't it wasn't just like, hey, the Rangers finally drafted Lundqvist in the seventh round. And he was the second goalie taken by the Rangers in that draft. He wasn't the top wow. goalie taken by the Rangers in that draft. So he was arguing for him every round. That's how that's how strong he felt. And then at some point the Rangers just gave in. It was just like, fine, here, we'll draft this guy, okay? And, you know, and he's the best the franchise has ever seen. <laughs> the point is, he was pushing for him every round. So I would push for Will Smith the whole time. Like, I, if, if, if somebody said, like, it's between Smith and Mitch Yeah, Mitch has a higher ceiling for sure. But I don't know what I'm getting them. him. I don't know what the situation is, whatever. I'm fine with taking Will Smith. And if clowns like me are going to say, Did you take him too early... I'm prepared to answer those questions.
0: See, I, I actually, I love that because there's some conviction there. There's belief yeah. in, you know, I know what I'm doing here and this is the guy I want. You have
3: to have that belief. If if somebody's your guy, you have to just take that guy. You don't waffle from it. You don't change or move off of that.
0: Right. I mean, you don't take your guy and then, you know, you have to live with that. You know, you. Exactly. You didn't do what you, you, you know, you, you thought you should have done. So. Right. This love talking prospects with you, Russ. We could talk to you all night. I know we said, uh, 20 minutes. It's, uh, we've kept you a little bit over that now. It's a half an hour already. Holy time all right. flies. So, uh, <laughs> it's all good. yeah, I want to get into the top five with you next week, but, okay. um, yeah, a lot to talk about. We look forward to talking to you again.
3: Yeah. Uh, and I tell people, I urge them, you know, take a look at the bottom of that list, like from 30 on, because. Some of those guys will get bumped from the second round even and flyers have third round picks. So, you know, there's going to be some of them in the third round too. So, third round still important in this draft.
0: Hey, if we have if you have time next week. I mean, we obviously will cover the top 5. You think we can get into the third round a little bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. All right. Cool. Well, Thanks. we'll let you go for the night, Russ, and we'll catch up with you next week.
3: Okay. See you guys.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Thanks Russ. Nice. Take care. Love that guy. One yeah. of the best. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really lucky to, to have Russ in this area. If, you, if you're watching the show now, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you go over and give Russ a, a follow on Twitter, at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Um, check out Russ's rankings on his site. I think it's Sportsology.com. Yep, Sportsology.com. He's got a top 45 uh, draft ranking. Guy knows his stuff, right? That's why we uh, like to have him on the show. It's, it's not it, there's no BS. There's a lot of prospect guys out there that, uh, you know, they have the ego and the this and that. And this is my guy. But, you know, Russ doesn't really have any of that. He just he loves what he does and he's good at it. So, you know, it's nice getting him on. Uh, what do you guys think of that? The, the bottom five of the top 10, anything that really stuck out to you there or anybody that, you know, you didn't think much of before that now you're like, eh, if the Flyers can get this guy, he's the guy I kind of want.
1: Uh, well, I I missed a little bit, but he's pretty confident about Will Smith, who I mean, that's a name you're starting to hear a lot in Flyers land. So, Russ had good things to say about him. I like to hear that. Um, yeah, apologies. I kind of lagged out there for a little bit, so I missed about you. Apologize. Days.
0: We will hold it against you. Don't apologize. We're gonna get you back for that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice
2: some of the names that weren't really going around Twitter, like I know. Jim, you'd been talking about Ryan Leonard. You'd mentioned how uh, Dan Silver had been talking about uh, Oliver Moore. Uh, it was nice to hear about uh, a little more about Dvorsky, to be honest, and he definitely does have a great name. Uh, and anyway, I'm glad that Will Smith was the last one we talked about because that is the most polarizing one within our drafting abilities this year. So love him or hate him, just keep his uh, wife's name out of your mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dvor- so- Dvorsky is an interesting one too.
0: I didn't want to say it with Russ on the show because he said he DVR'd the game, didn't watch it yet. Guy scored four goals today. Wow. Um, and he's a name that I think the Flyers may have to consider on draft day. Um,
2: I so, think that's why Russ stayed an extra 10 minutes. He's like, well, Jim, just, you know, spoiler alert <laughs> the game. I might as well hang out a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. So – if they're going to, it's not going to be an easy decision by any means. Uh, obviously if the flyers pick 10th, it, it'll be a little easier. Cause a lot of, a lot of the guys will be off the board, but if they're picking anywhere from, you know, six to nine, 10, there's going to be some guys out there, you know, even Quentin musty who a lot of these uh, prospect shows and, and and whatnot that I'm seeing, it's not a guy. He's not like the, I guess Russ said, because he's not from a very, um, Media-driven uh, location. I guess people don't really make the travel up to see him. Uh, but he's a guy I think is a bit underrated, and I think whoever drafts him is going to be happy with him. You know, um,
2: it's just funny to look at these names at this time of year. Last year when we talked to Russ, he had Gautier ranked around like nine or ten. You know, and guys rise. You know, teams take a shot. Teams reach. You could say reach, but ultimately, time will tell. It's interesting to see who will be there. If anything, I took away from this conversation: I really want the Flyers to do every, not that they can control it, but just please stay somewhere within the six, seven range, like as close as possible. I'd rather take a phenomenal chance at somebody dropping, which is very unlikely. But I like that there's always that chance. Yeah. You know, nobody saw Shane as much as I was. Not the biggest Shane Wright fan. I don't think anybody saw so him fall on the floor. You know, like those weird. I want to be within that reach, if for just somebody to go. But also, like I like the names I heard today. I want to have my choice, not be hoping for one last one. Like, oh, please let this the final t- guy of this tier. You know, find it to us, and then you know we don't take him anywhere, or something like that. You know, so I'm uh, I'm just I want to be with I want to be within the range because I feel like we should have been drafting a lot higher, mm-hmm. considering how the season was going. I mean, I'm not gonna complain about how some players played this year, but you know, we are where we are. I'm just hoping that somehow the it falls our way in a sense.
1: I'm I'm curious for next week what he has to say about Meet Mitchkov because personally I think he's the second best player in the draft. But then you add in the whole Russia fiasco and it sounds like he's gonna be in the KHL for the next three years. How far how far will he slip? I'm curious what Russ has to say about that. I also want to ask him about um, Sandy and Pelica. He's the number one defenseman on Russ's list. I really like the guy, right-handed shot, can skate, really good passer. Um, I'm curious what he has to say about him. I'm going to ask him about that next week.
2: That's good. I didn't even realize we didn't
1: talk about the defenseman, and we probably we won't, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, unless you flat out ask about him. Um, oh, I, but- I plan to. I really like the guy.
2: Yeah, no, and that's great. Um, and Mishkov is interesting. I was going to, if we started one through five, I was going to say, is he ranked four because you think talent-wise? Because he said his ceiling, you know, he talked about ceiling a bit, or because of the rusher factor and all that, or a combination of both. Like, I'm just curious why he's got him ranked there. Mm-hmm. And I love at the top, it says, here's my April rankings. This is not a mock draft.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, what was I just going to say with Mishkov? He's the Russian Bedard. Some people say, which
1: this time last year, people were comparing him to Ovi.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what, as soon as this war started, his draft stock fell. Yeah. You know, it, it, like that's, that's what happened. He should be number two, maybe battling, maybe battling for number one. Um, but yeah, as, as soon as this whole, you know, Russia, Ukraine war started, Michkov instantly fell to, to four. And, uh, I,
1: okay. I think if he's available wherever the Flyers pick, if he actually does fall to the Flyers, I'm taking him and I'm running. I uh, have if, to. If he's not here in three years, so be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to take that pick in my eyes. Yep,
0: I don't think twice. Yep, a lot can change within within three years, as we've seen. Three years ago, the Flyers were in the playoffs, <laughs>
1: ripping great times. Great times. Yeah.
0: Lots changed since then,
1: right? Oh boy. What's A V oh. doing? <laughs> we don't we don't know.
0: Um all right, boys. You want to touch on anything else uh for, for draft rankings here before uh we're already past ah, we're at nine ten already. Didn't really have too much else to get into tonight. Did you wanna to touch on anything else before we wrap up?
1: I think that was a good show. Yeah,
2: the only thing I'll add is uh Briere spoke about moving up in the draft. I find it very difficult to move up from seven to anywhere, even nine or 10, that top 10. You see that very, very rarely. Um, and he doesn't have a whole lot of ammunition, but with this, de- this draft being potentially two and a half, three rounds deep, maybe he's talking about moving up from somewhere in the third round into the second. Yeah. That would be very aggressive for me considering this the how well they think this draft could be. Um, if he had more ammunition, maybe we could see more fireworks, but he just doesn't, thanks to Fletcher. So, um, hey, more power to him.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Like, even Russ said it, like, that first round's deep. Um, when I hopped back on, I heard him talking about the 2003 draft a little bit. I mean, I don't know what Russ said, but from things I've heard, this that's the comparison. Like, this is supposed to be a draft like that. I'm hoping – provrov is traded and you can get a first this year and i don't know how fall how far sandheim stock is uh, dropped but i really have to consider that as well if you can get a couple first round picks in this draft you could really um what's the word not revamp but like you you could really get this rebuild going
2: bolster stock the cupboard, baby but yeah that's just it like what he said was not just like it was the first round stack, but the 03 draft, like the whole draft was ridiculous. And he was like, once you get past that third round, we'll see how much they, you know, they measure up. And um, I was like, well, you know, <laughs> we got some picks later, two thirds, two fourths, two sixths. Like not that I plan on them hitting on anybody there, but like if, and I, I just felt like wishful thinking unless a major trade happened or they get back into the first round, but maybe they can get something, they can move into the late second and snag a guy or I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how you know how good Brett Flair really is, I guess.
1: I, I do think there's a chance they could get another first. If pro if Provorov's traded before the draft, I, I would expect a first in return. Draft's
3: It might, changing, it, yeah.
1: it it might be towards to be the back here. end, it might Provorov. be a contending team, but uh I would expect the Flyers to get another first out of there. Dude, yeah. I'm
0: it, I'm I'm looking towards the back end here, and there's some there's players all the way. I'm looking all the way back to 29, 30. Yeah. I mean, they can get a guy and and that's talking if they trade with, you know, whoever makes the final four, you know, I'm looking, I mentioned Jaden Perron already. He's a smaller guy, which, are, you know, a lot of people know that I hold it against guys, which may be wrongly so, but, you know, I have a thing for bigger men. You know, if you're the little guys, I, I kind of hold the size against them a little bit. Sorry. I'm not sorry, but that's, that's what I like in a player. I like a little bit of size. Sue me. So, um, but Perron, when I, you know, watch him play, he plays bigger than he is. So, you know, I also like that too. Uh, Kalem Ritchie is a guy, Lucas Dragachevich, people talk about, uh, there's, there's all kinds of players back here. We'll get to more next week. I don't want to ruin anything. So make sure you guys got your questions ready. If you're watching the show live, make sure you bring some questions next week for Russ. We'll keep them on a little bit longer. We'll get them to answer some of your questions and, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll call this one a night. Everybody, thanks for hanging out. A lot of fun. Good talking to Russ. We'll talk to him again next week. Uh, So, everybody, make sure you're drinking your green stuff. Take your vitamins. Go watch the NHL playoffs. You're free. The Stanley Cup playoffs. Is that a pet peeve of anybody's? If somebody calls it the NHL playoffs instead of the Stanley Cup playoffs? I don't know if
2: I've ever noticed it, to be honest.
0: It's it's one of mine. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) I Ice hockey playoffs. (laughs) Everybody, uh, go enjoy the rest of your night. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back next week with Russ Cohen. Thank you and good night. Dominic Roussel.